When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Listen, if you're always running to the bathroom and sometimes just can't make it, we need to talk. You're not alone. I was just like you until I spoke to an expert physician about Axonix therapy. It changed everything. It didn't just give me bladder control, it gave me my life back. Axonix therapy is not another drug. It's just a tiny device you barely have to think about. And it can give you real lasting relief. You can even try it out first to make sure it works for you. Just take the first step. Get started at findrealrelief.com. That's findrealrelief.com. It's time to get your life back. Consult a bladder specialist to find out if Axonix is right for you. Results and experiences may vary. Risks can result from Axonix therapy that may require surgical intervention. Available by prescription only. For more information about safety and potential risks, go to findrealrelief.com. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast. I'm Brandon Karam, alongside Belly Up Sports beat writer for the Boston Red Sox, LJ LaFiora. Of course, we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. Uh, yeah, your one-stop shop for seven days a week baseball content, at least that we know of. Uh, LJ, how are we doing uh, as this episode will be uh, going up on Mother's Day? Yes, happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers out there. If you have not said it yet, please say happy Mother's Day to your mother, both. Well, actually, especially for me, I wasn't able to, I didn't get a chance to say it last night. hey <laughs> Calling out all of our viewers right there, right to start off the show. But yeah, no, absolutely happy Mother's Day. Thank you to all the mothers out there. It's been great. Yeah, and... uh be sure to stick around for the end of this one as for about the last 15 minutes, uh, we were able to bring both our moms on the show to talk a little bit of baseball, just uh, have a nice fun conversation for, for our Mother's Day. So stick around for that at the end. But 
LJ, uh, let's get right into the games today because we certainly had quite the slate. Uh, starting off with the Nationals and the Yankees, it was a Juan Soto bases loaded walk that gets Washington on the board in the top of the third. In the bottom of the third, Kyle Higashioka, the home run stroker, his fifth home run on the year to tie it at one. Ex-Yankee Starling Castro with an RBI single to make it two to one Nats in the top of the sixth. Jump to the bottom of the ninth. The Yankees are down one. They get a rally, a clutch hit from Aaron Judge prior to Glaber Torres tying the game, and we head to extras. Top of the 10th, the Nationals get a sack fly to go ahead 3-2. to two. In the bottom of the 10th, the Yankees were clutch hitting once again as Mike Ford drives in the automatic runner on second base to tie it back up at three. The Nationals are unable to do anything in the top of the 11th. In the bottom of the 11th, the Yankees load the bases and then a Glaber Torres sort of tapper to the, to the left side of the infield could not be handled cleanly. The Yankees walk it off and win four to three. Give the win to Justin Wilson out of the Yankees bullpen who picks up his first win uh, of the season. The Yankees starter Corey Kluber goes five and two thirds, allowing six hits, two runs and six Ks. The loss to Tanner Rainey out of the Washington bullpen. But LJ, the big story in this one, Max Scherzer goes seven and a third, allowing two hits, one run, and striking out 14. Uh, today's matchup, Joe Ross and Domingo Herman. But LJ, Max Scherzer today, I know we're going to talk about him on the PPP, but 14 strikeouts was very impressive. Yeah, and you're not talking also about the fact that uh, 10 of those strikeouts came in the first four innings. Yeah. This loss is 100% deserved by the Nationals. You cannot have a guy like Max Scherzer who's dealing, has two hits in seven and a third, 10 strikeouts through the first four innings, and you can't get him the run support he needs to make this a good game. You can't get him more than two runs to get him the win, to keep the win. I mean, bullpens are going to have their little blips here and there, but there's no excuse for only putting up two runs in nine innings. Yeah, yeah, uh, man, I, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, would you like to get on to yeah. the next one? Uh, let's take the next one. Uh, the Dodgers made this game look non-competitive when in the fourth they scored eight runs on eight hits, and then in the fifth the team drops four runs on the Angels with five hits. The sixth saw the Angels put up four, which appeared harmless until a seven-run seventh inning made made this game a save situation for the Dodgers. But they're able to pull it out with a 14-11 to 11 win. Give the win to Clayton Kershaw. He went five innings of shutout ball with five strikeouts. The loss to Dylan Bundy, who went three and a third, along six earned runs. Today we'll see Trevor Bauer versus Jose Quintana. But Brandon, interestingly enough, we have 25 combined runs in this game. We're talking about first, we not expect the Dodgers to have such a blow up as they did in that sixth and seventh inning. But we have 25 combined runs. We had quadruple the amount of infield sing singles in this game than we did home runs. That is not something you see in modern baseball. 
No, and also something that you don't see uh, very often. So the first three innings of this game, there was no scoring at all. Between innings four and five, the Dodgers outscored the Angels 13 to zero. And then between innings six and nine, the Angels outscored the Dodgers 11 to one. So, uh, yeah, just absolute slugfest going out there or going on out there in Los Angeles tonight. Yeah, certainly not something you expect. I mean, I think we all pretty much pronounced the Angels dead after those first couple innings of Dodgers really hammering away at them. But the Dodgers here, you are now, I think if I'm correct, are they still two and 10 in their last or two and eight in their last 10? Uh, I think they are three and seven. They're three and seven. Okay. So a loss tomorrow, tomorrow, I think will probably put them back to two and eight. So you cannot afford to, to, play back down to your competition once you get into a lead when you are struggling as much as they have been like that's what this feels a little bit to me as much as it's great offense by los angeles and the angels the dodgers have to be able to keep up pace they can't just get shut down for the majority of the back half i mean i'm getting they did score a run in there however you need to keep some form of consistent offense getting on the board as well as you can't have the bullpen completely collapse in the late innings it's just not it's it's not good baseball that's not how you're going to turn around out of this type of slump no and you know we we talk a lot about run run differential for the teams I mean how how good is the the Dodgers run run differential looking if they walk away with a 13 to 0 victory oh yeah Ed it's 14 11 so instead of getting potentially a plus 13 or a plus 10 they only get a plus three, which is still very good. But at the same time, I mean, this is a game where 11 runs over two innings is unacceptable, uh, especially with that the, that a middle part of this, this Dodgers bullpen has been shaky these last couple games. So, you know, uh, this is certainly a team that uh, is going to be tested with its, with its pitching depth, uh, you know, with, with no Dustin May now. But uh, we'll have to see. Yeah, and you talk about um, run differential. That does make a huge difference, but that's the, yeah, that's the one thing that L.A. has had to kind of hang their hat on is the fact that, hey, we've played this good. We can beat good teams, but if you're not going to continue to improve on that, you're not going to give a hell of a lot of people confidence. You're not even going to give yourself confidence. I mean, currently, I'm, I mean, you don't normally see a team go 3-7 and seven in their last 10 which granted they are still above 500 somehow um, props to them for the good start of the season, but they're currently fourth in run differential after all of the losing that's happened. Currently yeah. they're still a top five team overall in that statistic. It's fantastic. All right. On to the Phillies and the Braves. This was another very entertaining game. The Phillies would get on the board for three runs in the first two innings, thanks to a Gene Segura home run and Andrew McCutcheon single. The Braves get one back in the bottom of the sixth on a Freddie Freeman home run. Jump to the bottom of the ninth, down to their final out, Pablo Sandoval with a pinch hit, game-tying two-run home run. His fourth pinch hit home run on the season, uh, after a scoreless 10th inning, 
We jump to the top of the 11th. The Phillies retake the lead on a Nick Maton double to make it 4-3. to three. Ari Adrianzo would single for the Braves to make it 4-4 four to four in the bottom of the 11th. Crazy, was no bad Are you getting me anything from... Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Damn website, I swear. Anyways, Ari Adrianza single to make it 4-4 four to four in the bottom of the 11th for the Braves. Tie the game back up and force a 12th inning. In the top of the 12th, the Phillies... Get two more runs on a throw, or excuse me, get two runs on a throwing error, and then one more on a JT Real Muto single to make it seven to four Philadelphia. But the Braves had one more rally in them after loading the bases. William Contreras, brother of Wilson Contreras, with a bases clearing game tying double. Ari Adrianza would single to walk it off. The Braves win eight to seven. They come back on three three separate innings, including a four-run 12th inning to cap it off. Unbelievable game for the Braves in this one. The, the win goes to Jacob Webb out of their bullpen. Ian Anderson, the starter, went six innings, allowing six hits, three runs, and seven Ks. The loss goes to Aniel De Los Santos out of the Philadelphia bullpen. Vince Velasquez. Got the start for Philadelphia. He went five and a third along two hits, one run, and six Ks. These two face off on Sunday night baseball tonight. Aaron Nola takes on Huascar Enola. Death, taxes, and the Atlanta Braves on Sunday night baseball. <laughs> is this their third game already? This is their on third Sunday? game on Sunday night baseball. There's only been six a, now. I think they've had a Monday night too. Mm. Yeah, that seems right. That's honestly, that's, that's a lot, but Hey, I could not ask for a better matchup. You know, we were arguing the other day who you're taking here, whether you're taking Aaron Nola or you're taking Zach Wheeler uh, as the best pitcher on the Phillies over the last two years, but he's certainly in that debate. And then Huascar, you know, has had a very solid year on the mound, but a very good year for as far as pitchers go at the plate. Oh Yeah. Absolutely, and uh, he's part of my fantasy team, so hopefully we get a good start uh, tomorrow night. Absolutely. All right, next up, we have the Rays and the A's. Seth Brown's big series continues. He adds a home run in this game as a part of a two-for-four day with three RBIs. The Rays got production from Lau and Zunino, but fall six-to-three. Give the win to Frankie Montas. He goes five and a third of an inning, allowing two earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss will be given to Tyler Glass now. He went five and two thirds of an inning, allowing three earned runs and 11 strikeouts. Give that save to Lou Trevino, his sixth. Today is Shane McClanahan's third start, and it'll be against Cole Irvin. Also here, the A's have become the first team in baseball to 21 wins. And I've got to ask you, how do you think they feel about the races to certain milestones? Because, I mean, to some, from some fans' perspective, the A's kind of got screwed the other day. Yeah, because the Red Red Sox were the first team to 20 wins only because they were on the East Coast. So their late, their, their night game started before the A's night game. 
you know, in terms of like first team to whatever, it should, it should just go by the day. Like, I don't know why we care that, oh, the, the Red Sox got first, it. Brandon. The Red Sox got it 16 minutes prior to the A's. I mean, Brandon, it's, the, it's not the A's fault for having a late time. <laughs> Brandon, let's let's say this. You and let's call this guy Jerry. Jerry is or you're both you're both on the on the playground. You both happen to see his swing set. You're over by the school building. He's over by the park benches, which are maybe uh, a quarter of the way closer to the swing set than them. If Jerry makes it to the swing set first, are you guys going to share the swing set? Are you guys going to kind of squeeze onto this swing set together? No, he was there first. He gets the swing set. That's life, Brandon. But okay. whether, what we're asking but, about is how you'd feel about that. I mean, it's, it's, if somebody took the swing set you wanted, how would you feel? Oh, if I, uh... I would be pissed about the swing set, but in, in the terms of this, uh, no, look, it's, it's cool that, that Oakland got is the first of 21 wins after, after Boston was the first of 20 wins. But um, yeah, uh, as a res- I mean, talking actually about Oakland's play, they're now seven games over 500, uh, which is crazy considering they start off what six games under 500 to start the year with what one and seven. So one in seven, one in seven to twenty-one and fourteen, mightily impressive. Oh, certainly. Um, it also should be noted that they do have one more loss than the Red Sox right now, just for whoever's keeping Traxies. Under the Rockies and the Cardinals, the Cardinals' offense stayed hot, scoring five runs in the first three innings. The Rockies would score four in the top of the fifth to tie it at five. The bottom of the fifth, the Cardinals break the tie and get four more runs. They get a Paul Goldschmidt home run, a Paul DeYoung double, and a Tyler O'Neill sack fly to make it nine to five. The Rockies get three back in the top of the eighth to pull within one, but they cannot complete the comeback. The Cardinals win nine eight. The win to Carlos Martinez, now three and four on the year. He goes five innings, allowing six hits, five runs, five walks, and two strikeouts. Kind of a messy line, but still gets the win. The loss to Chichi Gonzalez of the Rockies, now one and one on the year. He goes four innings, allowing eight hits and seven runs. Alex Reyes picks up his 10th save on the year. He pitches five outs, and he did allow his first earned run of the season Today, uh, he was the uh, only, I believe he had the most innings pitched without allowing an earned run up until this point in the season. So, uh, yeah, he's having a really good year. He only allows one earned run today, so his ERA now sits around 0.5. And it will be Herman Marquez for the Rockies taking taking on Adam Wainwright of the Cardinals today. All right, next up we've got the Tigers and the Twins. The hitting matchup today that matters here is Nico Goodrum and Josh Donaldson. Goodrum went with three RBIs on the day. It was That was a two-for-three line. Josh Donaldson goes two-for-four with three RBIs, and that wouldn't cut it. Minnesota falls to Detroit seven-to-three because, of course, of other very important factors. However, those two are certainly the standouts of the day. Give the win to Michael Fulmer, the loss to Tyler Duffy. Next up is Kenta Maeda versus Matthew Boyd. 
I will be talking about Josh Donaldson on the PPP. So we will have expanded talk on him today. The Pirates and the Cubs. The Cubs get one run in the top of the first on a hit by pitch. Then Kaya Tom with his first home run of his career to make it 2-1 Padres top of the fourth. Uh, LJ, that guy, he's already played on two separate teams this year. And I just completely didn't realize that he's played on both the Pirates and the A's this year. Really? Uh, yeah. First home run of, of his career. Uh, that gave the Pirates a 2-1 lead in the top of the fourth. The Cubs get a sack fly in the bottom of the fourth from Eric Sogard to tie the game. And then a Matt Duffy single to take the lead 3-2. to two. The Cubs are able to hold on to win by that score. The win to Keegan Thompson, who is now 1-0 on the year. He goes three innings along two hits and no runs in relief. The loss to Sam Howard out of the Pirates bullpen. Craig Kimbrell gets his sixth save on the season for the Cardinals. Or, excuse me, for the Cubs. And uh, the Cubs have now won five in a row. They will have Kyle Hendricks take on Tyler Anderson today. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, next up, we got the Red Sox and the Orioles. The Red Sox got out to a commanding 11-2 lead thanks to homers from Xander Bogarts and the newly called up Michael the Ice Horse Chavis. The Red Sox carried on like wayward sons until the ninth when Austin Bryce entered his second inning of work. Bryce's performance was like a detective looking for Andy Reid, checking the buffet, and somehow not seeing him. If Austin Bryce drug tested Barry Bonds, it would have come back clean. If he worked at the 1985 NBA draft lottery, then the Knicks wouldn't have gotten Ewing. For those of you who didn't understand that reference, um, the NBA 120% rigged their first lottery so that Ewing would go to the Knicks. Bryce would have somehow screwed that up. He gave up two runs in that inning while nearly maiming four people with his slider. Austin Bryce, go go to the corner and think about what you've done. That was one of some of the most atrocious and wild pitching I have seen in a very long time. The Red Sox win 11 to six, give the win to Garrett Richards. He went seven innings, allowing four earned runs and five strikeouts. Zach Lowther goes two and a third of an inning, allowing seven earned runs. Next up for the Red Sox who have the best record in baseball it will be Nick Pavetta, and he'll be taking on Dean Kremer. Brandon, did you see anything of that last inning or no? Uh, so I did not see anything about Austin Bryce, but I did see that Pat Valeka of the Orioles, a position player, uh, took the mound yep. for the last inning there. Yep, he took the mound for the last inning. They were very good about just kind of sticking their bat out for the purposes of getting home in a decent hour. And then, of course... Uh, Austin Bryce proceeds to make it look like they have beef between the two teams and they absolutely did not. Brandon, I kid you not, there was at least four sliders that went at people's heads. 
Yeah, so no, it looks like they took there. Austin Bryce out just so they could get one last out there in the ninth. They needed it. Brandon, it was the mo it was the worst performance I have seen this year. Wow. I'm not sugarcoating that. The control was non-existent. Hmm. Interesting. I I'm, I'm gonna have to check this out because this is You're very intriguing on. now. You make this uh sounds like something I might want to watch. Absolutely. Onto the Padres and the like Giants. Like people nearly get murdered, you're gonna. <laughs> Onto the Padres and the Giants. The Giants would score three in the bottom of the second on a Brandon Crawford home run, his seventh on the year. The Padres get their only run of the game on an Austin Nola groundout. San Francisco gets two more home runs from Brandon Bell and Austin Slater. They win seven to one. The win to Kevin Gosman. Now 3-0 and on the year. He goes six innings, allowing three hits, one run, and seven Ks. The loss goes to Joe Musgrove, now 2-4 and four on the year. He goes five innings, allowing eight hits, four runs, and seven Ks. As we all expected, it's the Giants and not the Padres or the Dodgers, who's the first to 20 wins in the NL West. LJ's favorite, Johnny Cueto, makes his return. Yes, sir. His, his first start since April 16th, and he will take on the ever-dangerous TBD. Seems like these last few days we've gotten so many starts out of him. I know. It's honestly been crazy. The, the amount of stamina this guy has is unreal. I'm certainly worried about Johnny Cueto. I'd love to see him win, but it's tough to pull out games against this guy. Next up, we got the Mariners and the Rangers. The Rangers overcame a four-run deficit to go up 6-5 to five when Isaiah Kiner-Falefa hit a two-run single. Seattle's Seager and Torrens, and then Adolis Garcia for Texas, homered in the middle innings to keep the game tied. Later on in the eighth inning, Texas put in the go-ahead runs and win it 9-8. to eight. Give the win to John King, the lost Anthony Meiswitz, and the saved, Ian Kennedy, his 10th of the year. Today will be Justice Sheffield and Dane Dunning. All right. Moving on to the Brewers and the Marlins. In the bottom of the first, Miguel Rojas with a home run to make it 1-0 Miami. Top of the third, Tyrone Taylor singles. That ties the game. And then a Luis Urias Bases loaded walk gives Milwaukee a two to one lead. Top of the fourth, Adrian Hauser hits his second home run of the season uh, off the same pitcher, no less, and shows that pitchers do rake. Yes, sir. Crazy that the same pitcher has both home runs off of the same guy uh, this early in the season. That's really impressive. And just who was the pitcher? Uh, and so Adrian Hauser hit two off of Anthony Castano of the Marlins. How long do you think Anthony Castano is on the Marlins? <laughs> yeah. Give him a week. Yeah. If I'm if I'm a Donnie baseball there, I am he's he, he's hearing it after the game. <laughs> of course. Now the question is, which Fernando Tatis-esque prospect are they gonna manage to get for all of these homers uh, off of these pitchers raking off a guy? Yeah. Uh, easily easily one of the most interesting trade stories in recent memory was 
those Padres and it was yeah, the Padres and White the White Sox. Sox. Yeah. White Sox. So uh, Bartolo Colon hits a, his first career home run, that one that went like viral off of James Shields, was it? Off of Shields, yep. Yes, James Shields. Oh, when he was on the Padres, it's gets an absolute dinger, piss missile, whatever you'd like to call it, hit to left field by Bartolo Colon. People go crazy. The dude goes crazy. He raked that. And all of a sudden they're like, you know what? That's the final straw. You're out. You're no longer in San Diego. So they trade him to Chicago for some scrub named Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, and- just some just some scrub prospects. You know, he's not going to turn into a superstar or anything. No. Anyways, uh, so after Hauser hits that home run, Avisayel Garcia of the the Brewers hits a home run of his own in the top of the fifth. That would extend the the Brew Crews lead to six to two, and they cruise or yeah, they cruise to a six two win. Uh, the win to Hauser now three and three on the year. Six innings, five hits, two runs, ten Ks, and of course that home run. The loss goes to Anthony Castano now zero and two on the year. Four innings, six hits, three runs, and five Ks. Today's matchup is Brett Anderson taking on Sandy Alcantara. All righty then. Next up, we got the Blue Jays and the Astros. The Blue Jays got out to a five-run lead thanks in part to home runs by Bo Bichette and Jansen. Uh, despite Jordan Alvarez's best attempts with three RBIs, Houston can't come back. They fall to Toronto 8-4. to four. Give the win to Stephen Matz. He went five innings along with three earned runs. Pretty good start from him. A loss to Christian Javier, who went five and a third of an inning, allowing five earned runs and eight strikeouts. Today, we get to see Blue Jays prospect Nate Pearson take on Zach Grinke. Nate Pearson, a guy who is one of the top prospects in that Toronto organization. I want to say that he did make a brief appearance in 2020, but as for pitching prospects, he's the cream of the crop. This is a guy who throws in the upper 90s, can hit 100 with his fastball, really tall, really, really good pitcher uh, in the in the works there. So uh, we'll have to check that out against Zach Cranky. On to the Indians and the Reds. Eddie Rosario with a double to give the Indians the lead in the bottom of the first. Andres Jimenez would add on with a sack fly in the bottom of the second. In the bottom of the fourth and bottom of the sixth, the Indians offense would score seven runs in total thanks to an Austin Hedges single, Cesar Hernandez triple, Jose Ramirez double, and Fran Mil Reyes single. The Indians win easily 9-2. The win to Aaron Savalli, now 5-0 and on the year. Seven innings, five hits, one run, and five Ks for him. Very, very nice start. The loss to Luis Castillo. Uh, I am very happy the Yankees didn't trade for, for this guy this offseason. Uh, now 1-4 and four on the year. Four innings, five hits, four earned, and two Ks. Cleveland has won seven out of its last ten. Uh, today's matchup is Tyler Molly and Sam Henches in the series finale. Yeah, Brandon, I believe I was just talking about this uh, back on Thursday when we did the uh, review of the week that Cleveland very sneakily, incredibly sneakily, climbed themselves into being the AL Central leaders this week. 
no one's talking about the fact that they've got they've gotten themselves where they are and could put themselves in a pretty nice spot to come second place to the White Sox. Well, LJ, I hate to rain on your parade. Oh, I know they're they're, they're half game back now. Half game back, yeah. They were they were they were leading. They were in the league, yeah. At the time, certainly one of the hotter teams in the league right now at the moment. Absolutely. Yeah, certainly. All right, next up, we've got another team I just mentioned here: the White Sox and the Kansas City Royals. The Chicago White Sox scored eight runs in the first inning, which propelled them to a nine to one win over Kansas City. Give the win to Lance Lynn, who went five innings of shutout ball with six strikeouts. The loss will be given to Dustin Lynch, who went two-thirds of an inning, allowing eight earned runs. Next up is Lucas Giolito and Mike Miner. Now, Brandon, before we move on, I do want to kind of mention something that's completely off topic. Um, I was just looking, peeking at a top prospects list, just so I was going to try to just scroll down into the 70s and pick a name out of the hat for who Miami's going to trade for to get rid of that guy. But then as I was starting to scroll, it caught my attention. Michael Kopech, number nine prospect on that list. They they still have him listed as a prospect? Yeah, he hasn't he hasn't reached past that rookie service time. Mm, Because he only came up in June of that year, if you recall. He could really be AL Rookie of the Year this year. He's been pitching phenomenally. Well, Brandon, what I was going to ask you is, is that a complete slight on him to not to have him outside the top five? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, this was – I mean, honestly, I don't know. Because we did see in that – was it 2018 season? We saw him be very, very good. Then he has worked. that one bad, really bad blow-up start, but – it was such a small sample size. And for a guy coming back from, you know, a, such a serious injury, I think it's tough to rank him, but outside the top five is a bit harsh. I think for a guy who was already a top five prospect to begin with. Brandon, as a person who has heard so much about him over the years, Michael Kopech might be my favorite um, current prospect in baseball especially particularly outside the Red Sox system. I mean, this guy is just absolutely electric. Every, every single time he's out there, I, I, he's a, it's a joy to watch him pitch just like it was in 2018. That still has not changed even with the injury. So I'm going to stick with the fact that he is going to have an incredible career and whoever makes these lists is going to feel a little silly at some point. Uh, LJ, we're doing pretty good on time here. I just want to to bring up one more thing here with this Kansas City Royals game. So so Daniel Lynch, who was one of the top pitching prospects, uh, so far his first two starts have not been good. Uh, two-thirds of an inning and eight earned today. And now Kansas City is losers of seven straight. They're back down to 500 at 16 and 16. Uh, LJ, I mean, this is shocking. Um, not really. Not not really shocking, but we saw what they did at the start of the season, and me and you were both pretty hopeful for at least this week. I was hopeful for it to go a little longer, but this might be better for them. If Daniel Lynch can just – guys like Daniel Lynch, I believe I could be wrong that I heard somewhere that they have a couple other prospects, uh, pitching prospects that have been moved to the taxi squad. Mm. So they might be raring to make another move for younger pitching 
on that team, they've proven that they have a good core there. Yeah. They've proven that they've got a very, a team that can stay relevant. So now let's supplement it. Let's keep moving forward with the process and not worry about uh, selling out for immediate success. Now, again, I say, I, I make I know I make this big deal about the race to Memorial Day. I do think it is incredibly important. It's the first season, is April opening day to Memorial Day. That's where that's where you set the tone. If you aren't a contender, then odds are you will not be. But that doesn't mean that it's the most important season. So you it would be foolish for them to start making panic moves, start sending down say send. If you're, if this is what you're implying, sending down a guy like Daniel Lynch would not be the right move, in my opinion, just because he needs the experience. There's no better time to get him the experience, especially now that you've seen the top of what your offense can do. You've seen the best of what your pitching can do. Hopefully, some of these guys like Danny Duffy will still continue to do that. So, I guess what I'm trying to say here is just keep letting these guys get experience because. No one was really pegging this team as being fully put together. They're not fully put together. So don't act like it and ruin what you, when you things when you have a good thing going. All right. Well, let's get on to our last game of the night, the Diamondbacks and the Mets. Bottom of the third, Jeff McNeil with a two-run home run. And then Francisco Lindor steals a base, ends up scoring on a throwing error to make it three to zero uh it's safe to say that a rat was chasing francisco lindor around the races there uh, i'll believe it till i see it (laughs) uh the the mets uh video or there there are graphics guys were throwing up some stuff on the scoreboard tonight and it was raccoon or rat with big question marks uh lj you just got very excited (laughs) something just popped in your head um yeah, Brandon, this is actually something that pertains to the Diamondbacks. I can save it till the end of the uh, recap, so go ahead. Awesome. All right. So uh, when Lindor scored on the error, that made it 3-0 Mets. Bottom of the seventh, Francisco Lindor with an RBI single to make it 4-1 to Mets. They go on to win 4-2. The win goes to Joey Lucchese, now 1-2 and two on the year. He goes three and a third, two hits, no earned, and three Ks. He was the follower tonight. Tommy Malone got was the opener for the Mets going two innings. The loss to Merrill Kelly, the Diamondback starter, two and three on the year now, five and two thirds, three hits, two earned, five walks, and six Ks. Trevor May picks up his first save for the Mets, who have won four in a row. Arizona has lost five in a row. Today's matchup is Jacob DeGrom taking on Riley Smith. LJ, uh, you have a Diamondbacks thing to share with us. Uh, Yeah, actually, it's an update on the Twitter couple. Mm, Okay, I'd love to hear it. Uh, Sadly, they're no longer together. No, no way. The love love lasted for four dates. Four dates? Four dates. Because you said that they were at a Coyotes game the other night, correct? Yes, so... They went to the Diamondbacks was their second. Coyotes was their third. If I'm correct, the Arizona Cardinals hosted them at their training facility for their fourth date. 
Oh. And then things were getting kind of moving, moving along towards things being set up for a Phoenix Suns game before, unfortunately, he had to inform the world over Twitter that they were no longer together, it wasn't the right fit, and they were breaking up. Well, so, this is a sad day for all baseball fans, all fans of Arizona sports. So just we sorry, will to, not sorry have to bum you out this morning, however. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this... But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. This is not the news that we wanted any any result. This is this is the last result we wanted in all of baseball. Yeah, we will not be having a love story this summer no. uh, in Arizona. Although you never know. What if there's like this huge, crazy, romantic gesture, like something out of Fever Pitch, come August, and she's running. He's at a he's at a game with the boys, and she's running over through through the stands to profess her love, say say that she was wrong, and he takes her back, and all of a sudden it's this big romantic gesture, and they get on the jumbotron again. Mm. I'm still holding out hope for that. But Very wishful thinking. Who knows? Maybe that's just me being a romantic. All right, let's get on to the PPP. Uh, I have three guys that I want to talk about, and LJ has three guys that he wants to talk about. Mine are pretty stat cast heavy, so uh, let's get into it. Lance Lynn, my first guy. So just, just looking at his traditional stats this year, has been very good. Uh, 29 and two-thirds innings, a 1.52 ERA, 35 strikeouts, and a .98 whip. Uh, course goes five innings allowing no runs today i believe uh looked very sharp has looked sharp the whole year and his stat cast numbers check out uh something weird that i noticed is that a lot of the good starting pitchers so far this year or at least the guys who uh we have thought have been have been breaking out their stat cast numbers don't really check out it shows that they're all kind of overperforming. Lance Lynn is a guy who has been uh, doing very well when it comes to these expected numbers. Uh, top 8% in expected ERA and expected WOBA, top 20% in K percentage, and top 10% in walk percentage. Those are two important ones for starting pitchers. Uh, as for my next guy, oh, LJ, do you have a comment on that? Yeah, it just reminded me of something that we should do. Again, I know we are by no means, let's start there, a fantasy baseball podcast. However, I think of the vast, vast majority of information we talk about is very fantasy relevant because we're able to cover so many different trends daily, mm-hmm. day-to-day trends on guys. You can get a lot of good pitch up pickups, especially in a season-long league. However, I think we should at some point in the next week or two, now that we're getting towards this, or maybe even wait a little bit towards Memorial Day, do a day or two where we do segments on who to sell high on. 
and who yeah. about buy low on maybe two days sell high buy low because i think there's a lot of guys that could be moved for big prices and not pan out for the other team right now that you could really take advantage of yeah especially when you use these stat cast expected stats uh you can really get a good feel for a player as to whether or not we think that they're gonna uh stay hot or return to the mean but uh the guy that the hitter I want to talk about in terms of this is Josh Donaldson. So if you remember yesterday, I was talking about Bryce Harper and how his expected stats showed that he should be a lot better than he has been this year. And that's uh, in a very, very good thing because he's been crushing the ball this year, uh, the entire year. As for Josh Donaldson, two for four with a home run and three RBIs today. Uh, his stat cast stats have been like insane this year. So top 5% in expected batting average, which you don't, you wouldn't expect a guy like Josh Donaldson to be that high in a stat like expected batting average, but uh, he's up there in that top 10% in average exit velocity, hard hit percentage, expected weighted on base average, expected slugging percentage. And his Stats have been good so far. I think he's sitting right under a 900 OPS, which certainly is above average. But, you know, that's not what StatCast says he should be doing. So uh, expect increased production from him. Uh, you know, I, 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 I want to uh, track this over these next few weeks to really see if, if Donaldson does start to pick it up a little bit more. Uh, like I said, he's been very good this year, has been surely an above average hitter, but I think that he has another, uh, you know, sort of gear in him where he could, uh, you know, break out even more. My last, uh, LJ, anything on, on Donaldson? We're good. All right. Uh, my last guy is Ian Kennedy. Uh, I have watched this guy quite a bit in his career he was the Yankees first round pick back in 2006 I want to say out of USC and he's taken over as the Texas Rangers closer LJ when I, I didn't even notice he got his 10th save on, on the year today uh really impressive and what's even more impressive is some of these stats uh his I think one of the big stats for closers is your strikeout to walk percentage, because you could have a guy who's, who's going in there and is striking out a lot of guys, but if his strikeout to walk percentage is, you know, not great, you know, you could be in for, for some wild rides. And if you have a guy like Ian Kennedy here, who is in the 95th percentile of strikeout percentage, the top 2% and walk percentage, uh, that just means he's been shut down this year. He's not really allowing uh, a lot of base runners. All of his expected stats like ERA, batting average, WOBA, whiff percentage, those are all very high as well. So he's having a very good year as this, this Rangers closer. And, you know, certainly a spot where, you know, we're not expecting Texas to make the playoffs or anything. But LJ, me and you are both kind of falling in love with this team there's just so many guys on this team that we like so far this year yeah you know it's funny Ian Kennedy is one of those guys that I'm looking at a box score as I'm doing um re the recaps the review recaps for this show and I see I Kennedy and I immediately know it's Ian Kennedy mm -hmm. I immediately know he played for the Royals statistically there is no reason that I just happen to know Ian Kennedy, like he's a household name. 
that's the kind of type of like influence he's had. I'm not sure why on me, but yeah, I mean, you're right, Brandon. I mean, he's had realistically three really good years in his career. Of course, he has that year uh, back in 2011 where he goes and gets goes out and has 21 wins with a 2.88 ERA as a starter and basically hung on as a below average starter up until he got moved to the bullpen by Kansas City in 2019 has a phenomenal year gets 30 saves and ends up then of course having a very down 2020 before really bouncing back this year to already be at um 13 or no I'm sorry not 10 saves uh but yeah I mean overall I think the one trend I'm seeing here Brandon when he is able to keep those home runs down and keep the strikeouts up, he is absolutely dangerous. I mean, any, any pitcher is dangerous when that's the case, but I mean, I'm, I'm here looking at his statistic pages, particularly as a reliever, the one thing that's not like the others between his 2019 and 2021 and his 2020 is that his strikeout numbers in 2019 and 2021 are by a very good mar- large margin the highest of his career. I believe the home run per nine on both of them, with the exception of two years, is the lowest mm-hmm. of his career as well. So, I mean, he's really just he's fitting so nicely into this role later in life. Again, I feel like we talked, I can't remember which episode we did, but a while back we talked about this how bouncing a guy back and forth between the bullpen and the rotation when he's younger is not the smart thing. Even if you do think he has that flexibility, unless he's like a mid-tier guy that you don't really care about. But if you're trying to develop somebody like Kopech particularly, I think it was one of the guys we were referencing who is, who's doing a fine job with it, but probably isn't the best thing. Mm. This is a guy who didn't go to the pen until he was 34. Was a starter every year in the league except uh, up until age 34 season, and he tra- has transitioned into that re- role relatively smoothly. Yeah, he's been really impressive this year, uh, and hopefully he can keep the success up. Uh, LJ, you have three pretty interesting ones here. Yeah, first off, Seth Brown, who really has not been performing to being like a crazy hitter, has had quite the incredibly impactful series here against the Rays. Of course, this guy is a 255 hitter, uh, 309 on base. It's not anything gaudy there. It's not like he's had an incredibly hot series. However, in these last, in this uh, Tampa Bay series, four for six so far with two runs, both of which on homers and five RBIs, he has had his, he has had his imprint all over this series and it's exciting to see next up is max scherzer who brandon i'm not sure if they uh mentioned this on the telecast today during the yankees broadcast but he is the he has now had a hundred games in his career where he has struck out more than 10 batters wow i just want to put that into reference there is currently 306 uh, about roughly 360 pitchers rostered in the majors so now think roughly double that a little less than a little less than double that over the entire course of 
Major League history, 526 people to be exact, have had 1,000 career strikeouts. Max Scherzer has over 1,000 career strikeouts in only the games in which he struck out 10 batters or more. He has pitched a heck of a lot of other games. He's pitched well over 100 games in his career, and yet that already puts him in the top. That puts him. That alone puts him in the top 500 pitchers all time. That's just. Yeah, and the one stat that also goes uh, perfectly along with this. So he's the fifth player in league history to have over 100 games where he struck out 10 or more batters. And like you were talking about earlier, he gets those 10 strikeouts in the first four innings. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we were talking on, on a yesterday's show about Kumar Rocker and his, his yeah. performance. You know, LJ, I went back and watched the highlights of that. He kind of got rocked up a little bit in between there. No, no pun intended uh, there, but <laughs> he, he did get bounced around a uh, just a tad, but Scherzer today, really the only mistake he makes is that uh, home run to Kyle Higashioka, but 14 Ks over seven innings uh, in the Bronx was very, very impressive, but, you know, the Yankees uh, get out of there with the win. LJ, you were saying that just, you know, not a game that you can lose if you're the Nationals, and I totally agree with that. But uh, this- How dare you disrespect Kumar Rocker there? Those two hits overplayed all right Brandon unless you have anything else to say on that I'm going to move on to my next one which is something that I did not it wasn't even on my radar yesterday and that is umpire John Libka so I've recently found out that there's such a thing as umpiring statistics and there's a site in a twitter that puts them out umpire scorecard if you if you don't follow it already, it's a great follow. Make sure you go check it out. But Brandon, Friday night's Rockies-Cardinals game was the best called game by an umpire in the history of umpiring statistics. We had one missed call behind the plate the entire night. It came in the bottom of the second on with Austin Gomer on the mound, two outs and a runner on second with an 0-1 count and a strike was called a ball. This is possibly the most minute difference that possibly could be made. Overall accuracy on the day was 99%. Overall consistency was 99%. That's way above the league averages of 94% and 96%. Overall, John Libka's influence behind the plate accounted for a tenth of a run in favor of St. Louis, who ended up winning by five. So, he had absolutely no real true impact on the game. These are absolutely beautiful numbers. I could keep going on this game, but it's just perfect. So clean. Uh, the game he called that day. Fantastic job, John Libka, with these calls. I mean, you can't complain with one. No, uh, you know, that, that on, on the, the bottom of, of these graphics that this at ump scorecards account makes and uh, – Go and follow them because they they post one of these for every single game. Um, on the bottom here, so it shows outside zone accuracy. He called 90 of 90 true balls correctly. 
You know, LJ, I feel like we get umps who are more keen to expand the zone a little bit, especially in a game like this. You know, it's 5-0 towards the end of the game. You might miss one here or there, but for him to have only missed one call and it was in the second inning is very impressive. And when you take a look at some of these other ump scorecards that they post, I mean, some of them are really I'm bad. Try, I'm trying to find. I'm trying to find an Angel Hernandez one right now. The first. Oh yeah, I'm. Like, I'm, oh, I'm, I'm sure that it's it's tough. He was upping a, a a few nights ago, but here's a really bad one. Hunter Wendelstedt. Uh, this was from Friday's game, the Braves and the Phillies. Overall accuracy at 88 percent. Now the average for umps is 94 percent. For overall consistency. Uh, he was at 86%. The average is 96%. So not a good umping, umped game from him, plus 0.97 runs for Philadelphia. But, yeah, uh, go and check out some of these uh, things that they make because it is very, very cool content to see uh, every night. Of all the times for Angel Hernandez's influence on my life to not be here, <laughs> now I'm looking for it. Found it. Actually, that wasn't a bad game. Never mind. We'll, we'll admit that. That was not the worst Angels or Angel Hernandez behind the plate we have ever seen. It was at, it was an actual, actually, probably his best game of his career at for at least the past three or four years as he was able to make it to be just about average. He might be worse on the bases, honestly. I feel like him him at first base is just not good. Him at first base is bad, but he has such an ego. You can tell the same ego that keeps trying to call ageism on the MLB each time they kick him out of the league is behind the plate as well. So he just has such an attitude. I cannot stand it. All right. We are by no no means an Angel Hernandez stand show. No, not at all. We are a Padres podcast, though. We haven't talked about it. No, we are not a Padres podcast. I I, I misspoke. No, sir. We are no. not a Padres podcast. Uh, no Friars on the Farm is a Padres podcast, though. You should yes, check make sure out. you go check out our buddies over at Friars on the Farm. Great content. Great For an actual Padres podcast. I have, not, I have not reached out to them in a while. I should make sure I do that. All right. Well, let's get on to the leaderboards. And then, of course, we'll send it over to our segment that we did with our moms on this Mother's Day episode. For War for Hitters. It is still Mike Trout in first at 2.5. Byron Buxton sits in second at 2.4. Ronald Acuna Jr. in third at 2.2. He did get taken out of the game tonight, but uh, it is just a pinky contusion. He could potentially be back in the lineup tomorrow. Will not have to go on the IL. We love to hear that. War for pitchers, a Garrett Cole, 2.2, still leads the way. Jacob DeGrom at 2.1, and he'll be pitching today, so he could potentially take over in first. And Corbin Burns still sits in third at 1.8. Home runs, no action in this one today. Still a three-way tie for first. Ronald Acuna Jr., Shohei Otani, and J.D. Martinez all have 10. Uh, Hits is Xander Bogarts already with 45 hits. I believe that second place is his teammate, J.D. Martinez, at 42. But but a Bogart's having really, really nice year. LJ talked about him on yesterday's show as he just passed 
1,000 career games for the Red Sox. So really cool milestone for him. The last stat that I'm going to do is batting average against for pitchers. And there's three main guys in here, and, the, and then there's a pretty big drop-off. So Carlos Rodon. Uh... Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. His opponent batting average is 114 this year. Just absolutely filthy. Uh, second place is John Means at uh, 135 and Jacob DeGrom at 136. Uh, yeah, all three of those guys really having spectacular seasons so far, but I'm surprised to see Rodon so high up there. You know, you have to assume that a lot of it comes from that no hitter that he throws and, you know, he was, he was perfect through, you know, 25 outs of it, but Still, uh, I think he's the only White Sox starter in team history to have one earned run or less in his first six starts of the season. So, uh, yeah, he's he's been dealing. Of course, John Means throws the no-hitter the other day. He's, of course, dealing, and we don't need to talk about Jacob DeGrom. We've talked about him enough. He's amazing. Uh LJ, any thoughts on anything or uh, are I we think good? we are good to go. I am very excited for this next segment. Yeah. We really got a great, got to have a great conversation with our mothers for this Mother's Day. Uh, again, thank you to all the mothers out there. Thank you to our mothers for both doing the podcast and everything that you do for us every day. We all appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, uh, Let's send it over to them uh, prior to just little plug here. Of course, make sure that you follow us on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. We've been posting a lot of fun content. We were posting stuff about some stat cast stats, uh, just interacting with a lot more people. Uh, we're going to oh, stay yeah. a lot more active on Twitter. It's, it's a lot more fun when you're active on Twitter. I'll say that. Also, uh, shout out to uh, the guys over at Scores at Zags Score for being the first one to eat a W with us on a StatCast trivia question. I'm not sure what we'll end up doing for whoever gets the most of them, but I'm certainly going to try to keep track of that this year. See if we can do a little leaderboard to get people competitive. So, yeah, follow us uh, on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. Uh, follow me and LJ. Uh, I'm, I'm at Brandon underscore Karam. LJ is at LJ underscore VP underscore Lafiora. And of course, Belly Up Sports at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Podcasts. Uh, enjoy this little talk that we had with our moms and enjoy your Mother's Day. 
Welcome back with us, guys, to this Mother's Day edition of MLB Daily. We have the two most important mothers in the world currently on Earth. Um, <laughs> we like second, hearing that. Um, here with us with Mama Elge, Melissa LaFura, and Brandon's mom, Mrs. Karam, Mrs. Joy Karam. How are you guys doing? Wonderful. How are you two? Great. We're doing awesome, you know. Uh, it sucks that I can't be there with all you guys, but uh, I'll be back in about a week and a half to uh, be able to be with everybody. Soon enough, and uh, Melissa will be making you goulash because clearly hers is better than mine. <laughs> everybody loves ragu. <laughs> well, yeah, LJ. So, uh, you know, I, me, me and you were both talking the other day and we just thought that it would be uh, really nice to have our moms on because it is uh, 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 this weekend, you know, the big day. But uh, yeah, LJ, uh, are you happy that we were able to, you know, sort of sort of go through with this and have them talk a little baseball? Very, because I mean, I think both of you guys have had such a relationship with baseball because of us, because of our fathers over these years that you guys know nearly as much as anyone. So honestly, I want to start, we're going to start over here with Joy. Um, Yankees, of course, are playing right now. It's currently 3-3 in extras as we're recording this. What have your thoughts been on the season so far? Well, I've been very frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) Frustrated. So have I. (laughs) Brandon and I will text about the game and I tell him I'm going to smash the TV and things like that, which would be a great Mother's Day gift, but they're coming around. Uh, They got their bats going. I don't have to scream and yell about when several players were batting below 200. Um, now you just have to worry about Gary, right? And, and, and well, Gary's always Gary. And uh, Brett Gardner, you got to argue every pitch. It's like, just stop it. You know, be effective. You don't need to argue every single pitch with the umpire. Um, the pitching seems a bit better, though. We won't discuss yesterday's game. And when Lewisica lost his mind, but it, you know, it's the I, first bad game for him all year, so I can't be mad. That's right. So I'll I'll give him one bad one. Stanton's been hot. Uh, Judge got his teeth fixed, and now if he can get his bat going, I'll be even happier with that. So, <laughs> you know, for for the love for the love of the game, I stick with him through good and bad. Though I vent my frustration, and hopefully, I'm gonna get a victory here today. Now, how much of a relationship with like watching the Yankees, following the Yankees, did you have before Mr. Karam and before Brandon? Because I mean, I know they are probably the two biggest Yankees fans I know, along with you. So, like, was this was this a team that you followed a bunch before they came around, or started going on school bus trips when I was in the seventh grade? And every year there was a Yankee trip, and I never ever missed it i go back to the days with uh greg nettles and saw thurman munson play uh several times and paulie o'neill and i can go on and on and on so i've always been a yankees fan that's fantastic if you had to uh say who's been your favorite player to watch of all time yeah or current um either way you want to take it maybe both Mm, Jorge Posada was my all-time favorite. You know, what a, what a great catcher. I love watching Mike Messina pitch. Love mm-hmm. watching Andy Pettit pitch. Um, Paul O'Neill 
one of my favorite um, outfielders, Bernie Williams. But I really, I don't think I have one particular player. Um, a lot of people were all about, you know, Derek Jeter, this and that. I liked watching him play. Um, of course, A-Rod. That someday he'll be my next husband. So <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Maybe it's good that he's retired. I know. I was. I, I meant to text you. I don't think I ever did get around to it. But oddly, oddly interesting that um, him and JLo happens to have broken up for that period of time. I was wondering if you had anything to do with that. I, I only wish that I did. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and turn this over to Mama Elge, my mother, real quick. I just. I think we should really start talking about really, I mean, how much experience and activity with baseball on some level you have had mm-hmm. over the years. Of course, my father starts coaching uh, Little League Baseball back in the 90s. And then again, once I became old oh. enough in the <laughs> late 2000s, and you've been around in a lot of leadership aspects all the way. So really, what is how, how do you feel about your overall relationship with well, we didn't, we didn't spend too much time watching baseball when I was growing up. Yeah. Uh, my little brother played little league and I went to the games. That was the, the big thrill there. And then when your dad decided, Hey, I want to coach little league way before we had you. Um, I was the, you know, the pizza mom. I came with the pizza at the end of practice and Beautiful. ended up having to run the concession stand. I, I fry a mean Oreo. Let me tell you that. Much. <laughs> Um, you know, but learned so much just from watching the kids and I, more for me, the learning was of the enjoyment of the game. I don't know the rules. I don't know the players all that well. I know the Red Sox because your father is, um, you know, that's, it's in his blood. So therefore when you marry it, it becomes your blood as well as heaven forbid, I would be a New York girl and look at New York teams Had had to go with Boston. Um, and, uh, you know, so little league and then high school and just going and just being entertained by it more than anything else. Yeah. I, I, I told, I warned you, I was going to bring this up. <laughs> You're not going to be still not entirely thrilled, but this is probably one of the most amusing <laughs> series of stories in um, all of my baseball fandom <laughs> listening to my mother has a history of having a little trouble with names, particularly Red Sox player names. And when the announcers tend to use a last name a lot and not necessarily the first name. So. (laughs) Oh no. I think I know where this is going. (laughs) I think, yeah, Brandon might know where this is going. This actually started a very long time ago with uh, Matt Suey came into the league. I still don't know what his first name is. I thought he was (laughs) Matt. Suey. I didn't, I, <laughs> it was very embarrassing. But I, what is his, I don't even know what his first name is. I'm honestly blanking on it right now. That's the only reason I said it. It is Hideki Apparently, in my defense, apparently yes. around the same time, there was a football player whose name was Matt Suey. Mm. I, I would have no clue running, of that. Running anyway. back early 80s for the Chicago Bears. Okay, well, there you go. And I, and I of course, I'm a, a devout football fan. Yes. <laughs> so, so then you're justified. And, and can I say that with the two of you um, creating this show and doing it, and um, because us moms are such big baseball fans, and LJ, you're a huge Red Sox fan, Brandon, a huge Yankees <laughs> fan, 
actually at the beginning of the season, he got a little upset because I even said, I, I can't, I can't even watch the Yankees and I would flip over and watch the Mets. And then I'm like, what am I doing? I can't go national league. What am I, what am I doing? But the camaraderie and the back and forth. And I think it makes your show even more delightful and it makes our whole conversations that much more interesting because we have Red Sox fans, Yankee fans, and the rivalry maybe isn't as in-depth as it used to be, but yet it's still there. And when we go to the Yankees-Red Sox game on June 6th, we'll see who wins, LJ. Absolutely. I'm really <laughs> excited for that game. Again, this is my, my father protests every single time I say this is the first um, Yankees game. First off, this is the, the first Yankees game at New Yankees Stadium. But the thing I've been avoiding admitting, which my mother is giving me that look right now, is this is the first Yankees Red Sox game that I will have stayed awake through. Oh, okay. Yes, he was probably two or three years old when we went to Yankee Stadium to see a game way up high, had to carry him, sat in the seats, and he proceeded to fall asleep. And the man behind me gave me the play-by-play of whether his eyes were open or closed. Oh, oh, he's fake. He's fading now. He's fading now. And then there'd be a some great hit, and everybody would shout, and your eyes would wide open. But it was the yeah, that was your if, first if official correct, Yankees game. If I'm correct, that was a pretty decided uh, Red Sox win, was it not? Mm. I, I assume yes, because yeah, we left early. Re- yeah, that's the only reason that my father won't let me live it down too is the fact that they won one. won a very good game. Yes, and did, but really to uh, then go. Um, Let's go through the end of that story real oh. quick. Got to get through the last two. Um, no. Then back with the 13 team, you have, of course, Shane Victorino, who mm. out- outfielder for the Red Sox, you know, kind of got into those Hall of Fame ballots. Pretty notable guy. Of course, they loved saying Victor- Victorino on the uh, broadcast. broadcast. So my mother thought the name was, his, his name, name was? Victorino. I didn't <laughs> <laughs> good one. that's yeah. a good one yeah, yeah. well yeah. there was a real problem though most recently though that was really yeah bad. i did ask before words. i assumed i yes. did ask you did um recently of course this year the red sox signed hirokazu sawamura and she had to ask and double check that his name wasn't sal amora <laughs> <laughs> Wow, good one, Melissa. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I'm not gonna very funny. I'm gonna win on any of these for sure. <laughs> but very embarrassing. She tries, but you must admit, at least I was paying attention. Yes, I knew a name, but I yep. didn't know where it broke. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So I don't know if there's any names that I've screwed up. <laughs> Brandon, have I ever screwed up anyone names? Uh. No, I mean not not bad. I mean you watch pretty much every game, so you're you're pretty good. But there is sometimes where it is a bit shaky here and there. But I have to say that your your sports knowledge is very good. Just a little shaky here and there. Okay, is that when I probably when they're losing, it gets a little well, shaky. To be fair. <laughs> LJ and I on the podcast also get a little shaky here and there sometimes. LJ can totally confirm that. Uh, yes, with especially with Mr. Brandon Carl Crawford. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a great Brandon, one. Brandon Crawford, I have I have on multiple multiple occasions called Carl Crawford on that show. It's gonna happen. I <laughs> resided to my fate. 
But um, mom, I guess I pretty much asked the same thing to Joy here. Um, what have your thoughts been, observations, watching these Red Sox games this year? Of course, we did get the uh, full package this year. So we've seen, my, my father's watched just about every Red Sox game that's been on. So what have your thoughts been? Um, I, I love the Red Sox. I get a little bit, a little bit tired of watching baseball, but that's okay. We were able, I was so thrilled that you were able to go see our first Red Sox win live. Mm. That was pretty cool. We've taken, a, taken them to Fenway a lot of times, but uh, taking them to Fenway a whole lot of times, but it just happens that all each time he's gone, they haven't won. So that was until this recent one. And um, I hate to say it, I'm not a fan of COVID, obviously, but wow, isn't it pretty cool to go to these stadiums where nobody's sitting around you? You don't have to wait in line for the ladies' room. It's really yes. cool. Yes. <laughs> and I've enjoyed uh, enjoyed those games. I, I think they're really cool. I mean, I think they've, they've got some good young guys. I, I You know that they're a, a new, relatively new team when I, when I go, who's that? <laughs> I don't know that name. What position does he play? I haven't memorized them. It's, it's not my... It's not my old guys like Mo Vaughn and David Ortiz and Jim Rice. It's not those guys, which I love, but um, I'm, I'm beginning to, um, I'm beginning to find my guys. Absolutely. I was going to say, yeah, there really <laughs> has been a lot of turnover, but somebody has already stood out so far. I believe a certain Red Sox outfielder as your favorite player on this current roster. Who? Verdugo. <laughs> Alex. Love it. Verdugo. Her favorite name, probably her favorite name in baseball right now. Yep, that's um, a, that's the way it keeps me interested. You're good to go. You can watch all <laughs> the baseball you want as long as I got something. I always get in trouble for pointing out some really silly detail that nobody else is seeing, and then I'm I'm told I've distracted them from the actual game. <laughs> but <laughs> that means you're really paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> so watching. Moms have to get points for that. We're really Absolutely. paying attention. Exactly. Exactly. Brandon, do you have anything else? Uh, no, you know, I think that it was so awesome that we got to have have a, both of you on, you know, kind of a more a lighthearted end to, to the show today. Uh, and, you know, it is it is a Mother's Day. So everyone out there, make sure that you go and tell your mother to have a happy Mother's Day. But uh, yeah, thank you, too, for coming on. This was really awesome that I got to connect with you guys even while at college. And LJ, thank you for setting this up with them. We appreciate it because appreciate, thank you. I, we both, I will say for on behalf of both of us that we are very proud of you. That's a mother moment you have to have mm. on your show. We're very proud that you guys are doing this. It's it's quite actually, I, I've listened to almost every one of the shows and it's very impressive. So thank Extremely you. Extremely impressive and, and what a way to celebrate uh, Mother's yes. Day chatting baseball with our <laughs> two favorite um, young men, which Absolutely. we lovingly call sons. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, again, <laughs> from both of us from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for everything that you guys do for us every day. Just know how much we appreciate it. As a little token of that, on behalf of both of us, we have uh, flowers for each of you, or plants uh, down in downstairs. So remind me to give that to you on my way out. Oh my goodness, oh, thank, thank you. you. So much. Of course. Thank you, love you, Brandon. <laughs> thank you, mom. We'll see, see you soon. See you. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that this is a good point to wrap it up. Uh, have a great Mother's Day, everybody. See you manana. Thanks. <laughs> Bye.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.